calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Realm presents The Witch Who Came In From The Cold, Season 1, Episode 10. One. The knock on Gabe's door ripped him from sleep with the force of a gunshot. He clutched at his chest, sucking down air, cold sweat wreathing his forehead as he tried to get his bearings. Dark. Night his apartment. He glanced at the wall beside his twin bed. He was alone. No surprise there. His sidearm was where he'd left it. He pressed the cold metal to his forehead and tried to think. The knocking continued. Gabe racked his mind, trying to think who or what it could be now. Everything was going well with Drahomir. He'd handed him off neatly to Josh, so any issues that might arise, which they shouldn't, would be Josh's problem, not Gabe's. Surely neither Josh nor Drahomir had already done something stupid. And he hadn't been in Prague long enough to develop any other agents. Hell, he'd barely been in Prague long enough to make nemeses of rival services. Except for that goddamned ice woman, he'd barely roused their notice at all. Ice. Magic, right. The ice who had an honest-to-God Kaje Besnik in their midst. Gabe swung his feet over the side of the bed and slid into his slippers. The thing inside him was awake, as far as he could tell. Maybe it never really slept. Sometimes he thought it ran in circles, senseless, like squirrels scampering through an attic at night. Well, if it had any warnings as to who waited on the other side of the door, it kept its silence. Gabe slid the cover for the peephole up and was greeted with an outsized Wimbledon blue eye on the other side. Jesus, Alistair. 
Gabe fumbled with the chain locks and deadbolts that scaled the side of his door. His fine motor skills still hadn't fully woken up. Do you have any idea what time it is? Oh, I reckon it's never too late for a few fingers of single malt. Alistair jabbed his hand into Gabe's for a forceful shake as soon as the door cracked open. How have you been doing? Glad the office isn't keeping you out late, whining and dining some mustachioed Slavic goon or another. Gabe suspected Alistair had consumed a few hands worth of scotch already. Just trying to get some goddamn sleep. Shit, he added, weariness filing off the edges of his temper. Next few weeks are going to be hell. Station inspection and then... Were the Brits in on Anchises? Shit. Maybe this whole midnight visit was an elaborate ploy of Alistair's to pry information out of him. He'd have to remember this trick for the future. All the more reason I think you'll be glad I dropped by. Alistair dug around in Gabe's cabinets, in what Gabe knew was a fruitless search for glassware free of water stains and detergent rinds. Has our fellow been letting you sleep? Gabe stopped in the doorway to his cramped kitchen. He, uh, it. Gabe was still bothered by the strange pull he'd felt tailing Morozova and her Czech student. Had the Russian been acting on behalf of the ICE or the KGB? The strange pull he'd felt by the Voltava River. Almost like the thing inside him, the hitchhiker had been unsettled. Scared, even. Something to do with the flame? Or something Morozova had done? It felt like the river itself, the water running beneath its frozen surface. Something elemental had been ringing through him, plucking him like a string in a natural symphony. Not that it had sensed something malicious, so much as it had been overwhelmed. But ever since then, his new passenger had rested more easily within him, as if it had aligned with something, clicked cleanly into place at last. It's been behaving, Gabe finally said. Gabe wondered now whether Morozova's pursuit of the university student was part of her spy work or witchcraft. The puzzle he'd gotten so good at, the East-West game, had suddenly popped into a confounding third dimension. It hurt his head. Not that his head needed the help these days. Alistair nodded to himself, apparently satisfied, and set two glasses on the wobbly kitchen table. A start, then. He uncorked Gabe's bottle of Grant's and poured them both generous shares. Gabe pinched the bridge of his nose. It figured that the first night he wasn't suffering the unsettling mental hangovers of the thing roiling inside him, or else out late on official business, he'd come down with a stuffy Brit infestation. What do you want, then? Alistair took a gulp of scotch, then recoiled as if he'd been punched. Dear God, certainly not whatever this abomination is. He shuddered, pounded one fist to his sternum, then took another drink, daintier this time. I was at the Vodnar, chatting with Miss Rames. You know how it goes. 
and she voiced her concerns over your struggles in handling whatever it is that's jerking your chain, so to speak. So this was all Jordan's fault. Gabe winced. Seeing as how you're so reluctant to take Miss Morozova's assistance, Alistair drew a circle in the air with the glass. I thought perhaps I'd volunteer my own services to educate you on the finer points of handling elemental magic. Gabe glanced at the kitchen clock. In other words, Jordan kicked the Brit out to close for the night, and he was looking for an excuse to keep drinking. Your services? Alistair pulled a smile. In navigating your newfound magical aptitude, of course. You do want to actually make use of it, yes? It'd be a shame for it to go to waste. Gabe snatched up his glass as well, and chugged half the pour, just to make a point. Oh, so I'm invited to your secret magic club? Anyone can do magic, with the proper time and training. But can you imagine the chaos it would cause if the whole world were to attempt it? The misused energy it might send out into the world? Gabe scowled at him. And you're choosing to let me in on the secret because of this, the thing in my head. Yes, well, your situation is something of an anomaly. An anomaly I mean to sort out. Alistair sipped at the scotch timidly, as if he were afraid it might bite him. Fortunately for you, I've been doing some research, and I dare say that I think we can train you to use your fellow to your advantage. Advantage? The dangle. Gabe saw the fishhook in Alistair's words, but swam toward it all the same. What if he could use the hitchhiker to his advantage? In his work, even. A little dash of secret sauce, a rabbit's foot in his pocket, to give him just enough of an edge to get back in Frank's good graces. Bend some ears his way, add a little charisma and persuasion to his patter, give him just a little speed over the Kajebezniks, even Morozova. No, especially Morozova. A new arms race. If the KGB was using witches to aid their spy work, he'd be foolish not to claim the same advantage for himself. Oh God, but it was a wonderful prospect. An end to the spiral of stagnation and pratfalls he'd found himself in ever since that goddamn night in Cairo. Progress. No more worried looks from Frank and Josh. No more knowing glances and whispers behind cupped hands around the embassy. Okay. He finished the glass. Show me what you got. Alistair grinned in return. Come with me. Alistair started with the simplest elements of all. A pinch of common dirt, nicked from some collectivist farm or another nearby. A vial of purified water, a twig he'd found from a tree that he was pretty sure was oak, though Gabe doubted tree identification had been part of his classical Eden education. Gabe sat with his back to Alistair, while the Brits set the elements on the table between them, and Gabe focused. Alistair suggested he start by trying to sense any sort of change in how he felt, 
trying to see if each element tugged at the hitchhiker a little differently. At first, Gabe felt impossibly ignorant, like he was too drunk to tell the difference between a good tequila and jet fuel. But slowly, he started to notice little changes. The water had a taste, a quenching sensation to it that piqued the hitchhiker's interest in a certain way. The twig smelled a little loamy and felt firm and fine-grained in his mind. Okay, he could get the hang of this. Good work, Alistair said, after he'd successfully identified water, dirt, wood, blood, cotton, and fire all in a row. Now, let's move on to powering charms. Powering things? Now that's where the hitchhiker really gave Gabe hell. The first charm, which Alistair claimed would erase the need for an hour of sleep completely by invigorating his bloodstream, bit back the moment Gabe tried to activate it. Or maybe it was the hitchhiker that lashed out. Gabe had no patience for the distinction. I think it worked in reverse, he muttered, through what felt exactly like a sudden but raging caffeine headache. Go on, it's quite simple once you get the hang of it. Alistair had returned to drinking while he watched, as if charm activation were his new favorite country club sport. After five more tries and an exhaustive repertoire of curses, Gabe snapped the charm to life. Some of the tension washed out of him, the tightness in his brain unspooled. He did feel better. Not a full night's sleep better, but maybe a not-too-strong mug of joe better. Wait. Gabe stared down at the charm in his hand. Most of Jordan's customers... I thought they bought their charms already powered. She'd given him a few charms as well, telling him he didn't need to do anything special to activate them. Alistair's smile poked up from the other side of his glass as he took a drink. Yes, ah, well, I had some theories about the way your condition might work. Turns out I was right. You function as a very minor power source now, so I'm your new pet science project. Great. Alistair ducked as Gabe lobbed the charm at his head. Tell you what, you're doing so well, let's grab a round at the Vaudenard to celebrate. Gabe sagged forward. It's seven in the morning. Then we're just in time for that wonderful breakfast she makes. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. 
or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. On a remote island in frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Prague looked very different to Gabe through the lens of his new attunement. It felt different. As if a fine sheen of Soviet dust had been wiped away to reveal the ancient city beneath. Prague was alive and loud and clamoring for his notice. The more he practiced with Alistair, the more he found the subtle distinctions in different metals and stones, and even soil from different regions— the more the riot of color and noise inside his head resolved into distinct shapes. He wandered the elemental garden that was Prague and marveled at each petal. I could learn to live with this, Gabe dared to let himself think. Even if none of the witches he'd encountered thus far seemed to be able to tell him exactly what this was. He sensed a granite and quartz monument not far from the American embassy and drank up the fine speckling and the rock's subtle resonance with a trickle of power from the nearest ley line. I'm going to survive. Thrive, even. Whoa. Joshua stared at him when he arrived for work the next Monday. Your face. Gabe's fingers darted toward his cheeks. He had remembered to shave. What? You're not frowning. Josh smirked at him. It's, it's weird. Gabe could get used to weird. Drahomir, happy and producing some decent intelligence. Nothing too juicy out of him yet, but the best agents were steadily leaking faucets. Nothing so egregious that it warranted calling the plumber, drip dripping away for years. Andula, missing. Ever since that night, he chased her and Morozova through the streets. That worried Gabe. He poked around the university, spotted the group of friends he'd seen her with at the lecture, but with an unfilled hole in their cluster. Like they, too, expected her to be there, and were still used to fitting their lives around her. What the hell had Morozova wanted with her? It had to have been KGB business, Alistair would have mentioned it if it was ice-related, wouldn't he? Surely Morozova hadn't put in the work to recruit Zlata, only to disappear her just as quickly. But maybe the recruitment hadn't gone according to Morozova's plans. Maybe Andula got spooked, hadn't expected to draw any interest from the residentura, and ran. Ran where? He pulled out the file he'd started on her, and never finished, and started looking for leads. Maybe she'd gone back to her mother's farmhouse in western Czechoslovakia. Josh raised an eyebrow at him from across the desk. Is that the co-ed girl's file? Gabe shot him a look. I was just thinking. I'm starting to think you have a little crush. Josh laughed, eyes sparkling. We followed them halfway across the city, and nothing. I'm sorry, Gabe, but... It's a dead end. 
she's missing. Hasn't been to class in a week. Don't you find that just a little suspicious? Could be, but it could be any number of things. Maybe she got some sense into her head, and she's having second thoughts about selling out her countrymen to the Ruskies. They could have done something to her, Gabe said. And there's nothing you or I could do about it. It's beyond our jurisdiction. You know where else she hasn't showed up? Josh thumped the stack of papers he'd been working through. The guest list for the French National Day party. Isn't that what you told me to focus on? Gabe's gaze slipped toward the open door to Chief Drummond's office, where Frank sat, peering at the latest cables from headquarters. The chief was content for now, but Gabe couldn't rid himself of the sweaty film of their earlier conversation, right after he'd botched his first attempt at pitching Drahomir. What was it Frank had called him? A big, dumb Labrador? He was right. Josh was right. He couldn't keep fetching the same stick into eternity. The community had far too short a memory for him to coast on the Drahomir recruitment for long. If he was going to pursue the Andula issue, it would have to be on his own time. Time he couldn't spare while he rebuilt his credibility in Prague Station. And, Gabe asked, any of the names on the guest list strike your fancy? As long as the hitchhiker was playing nice, he fully intended to rack up so many wins even Langley couldn't forget. The hitchhiker was on full alert inside of Gabe, attuning itself to the world around him as if it had raised its head and sniffed at the evening air. Gabe stopped at the foot of the Charles Bridge. Sodium lights sparkling up and down the banks, the cobblestone path, clay tiles, and a smear of dirt in the snowdrifts across the street. But no, there was something else mingled in there, something that didn't belong. The same dull, throbbing sense of so much he'd sensed when he tailed Andula and Morozova. Only now, he was better equipped to filter out the background chaos. He tasted a tang-like metal in the back of his throat and heavy heat in the back of his mind. Blood. Gabe paced down the river path, and the blood faded. He approached the Charles Bridge again, and the sensation grew. Started to cross the bridge, but the otherness tugged him northward, just a little further north, and he stepped up to the railing, garnering a few odd looks from wool-wrapped pedestrians. Blood. That had to be the element he was sensing. Gabe hoped he wasn't standing over a crime scene. But there was something stronger beneath its pull, something powerful, something that implied the blood had been used for magical purpose. It pulsated, charged by the ley lines and the willful intent of whatever witches had employed it. Blood magic, though, that in itself felt sinister. What if whatever he was sensing on the bridge was somehow related to the flame? Gabe's gaze followed the path of the Voltava River northward, or rather, the thin crust of glistening ice that the Voltava had become. It looked the same as it had the last time he'd seen it, snow-wreathed, laced with animal tracks, punctuated by a few stubborn barges that were wading out the cold snap. 
Gabe felt the distinct sensation of something shifting and shuffling in his mind as he focused on the barge nearest to him, just north of the bridge. He turned away from the barge, and the hitchhiker shifted again, like letting out a sigh. No coincidences, not in spycraft and not in magic, Gabe told himself. He exited the bridge and wandered north up the riverside path until he stood parallel with the barge. The thrum of blood was overwhelming now, loud as his own pulse in his ears. It wasn't just blood, he was a little relieved to note, not that he could be completely certain about all the other elements mixed in with it. There must have been dozens of them, iron and stone and copper and plenty more that he hadn't begun to identify. Salt, maybe. Something that felt smooth and shiny in his mind, like freshly dripped candle wax. And a scent that itched his memory more than it itched the hitchhiker. A fragrance like spices and smothering air and... Gabe staggered and clutched for the stone railing along the river path. He heard chanting, a tangle of foreign tongues hidden in the shadows of his memories. He felt the sharp bite of a blade against thin flesh. Screaming, his throat shredded and raw. Was he screaming still? Gabe squeezed his eyes shut and sucked in his breath until the memory slithered away. Slowly, he eased open his eyes. No, he hadn't screamed aloud. Not here, in Prague. No one stared at him now, or paid him any mind at all. The scream belonged to the memories, to whatever happened to him in Cairo. Whatever was on that barge reminded him a little too much of those memories to ignore. You're listening to The Witch You Came In From The Cold, created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. The Witch Who Came In From The Cold is created by Max Gladstone and written by Max Gladstone, Lindsay Smith, Cassandra Rose Clark, Ian Tregellis, and Michael Swanwick. Performed by Christine Lakin and John Glushevich. Directed by Dennis Keo. Produced by Julian Yap and Marco Palmieri. Associate Producers Corey Barton and Devin Shepard. Executive Produced by Molly Barton. Audio Production by Literati Audio. Audio Editing by Evan Arnett and Fred Koch. Mixing and Mastering by Jeremy Wesley. Original Music by Katherine Anderson. 
Find more shows like The Witch Who Came In From The Cold by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.